Ben Cohen's Cookie Quarantine. I'm James Campbell. I'm Ben Cohen. And we're joined today by Jacintha Webster. How are you doing? Doing well. How are y'all? Not bad. Getting by, getting by. Uh, it's very humid out, and people have forgotten that, hey, the reason that we didn't all die in Kansas was because we were all actually staying at home for a while, so... I'm I'm just you know in, enjoying the lack of survival instincts of my neighbors. Um, the farmers market was a lot more fun those first few weeks when most of the people weren't there. It gets humid in Kansas. It does. Do you not get humidity in Oklahoma? Yeah, we get a lot. I'm just surprised that y'all do. <laughs> we get every weather in Kansas. Wait, honestly, all tornadoes. Tornadoes have their place. We do literally designate a time of the year tornado season for a yeah. reason. Uh, you, you guys, it's no different in Oklahoma. Um, obviously, for a New Yorker, what do you get, like one tornado every 10 years just for novelty? No, we get them like about one a year. Ooh, how quaint. Where? Actually, in the city. Yeah, we Which get tornadoes. City? How big are they, though? Like, are they like a real tornado? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever gotten anything above like an F2? Uh, I think we usually get about F2, F3s. In New York City? Yes. I'm calling bullshit because it's New York City and we would never hear the end of that. You guys would act like you have the strongest and most unique <laughs> tornadoes of them all. And you would never shut up. Like, oh no, I saw a shingle pane get knocked off a roof. Ave Maria, uh, we will rebuild. August, or it was either July or August 2007. I know we got a huge one in Brooklyn. I actually slept through the whole thing because at my summer house in Long Island. And But my 2B college roommate actually heard about it on the news, and he was in Philadelphia, and he called me. He's like, dude, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, fine. Yeah, I slept through the whole damn thing. Yeah. I've never heard of this. Never. Neither have I. <laughs> no, I, we, I say this as somebody who has slept through a tornado before. Yeah. Well, I had taken sleep. Well, for me sleeping through it, it was because it was my day off from work. I had taken some sleeping pills uh, and I had my air conditioner on. So like I wake up around noon and I'm like, and everything is like totally cleared out. And I was like, something just doesn't feel right. I turn on the news. They're like tornado. I'm like, wait, what? Did like a funnel cloud actually come and touch down or was there just rotation? Fallen cloud and all that, and like it caused a lot, quite a bit of damage, especially like down trees, uh, breaking down cars and stuff. I'm sure somebody's food truck was just, you know, damaged beyond repair. Turn over some hot dog carts. Oh yeah, at least five indie bands named themselves after it. Or is that not really a Brooklyn thing? Maybe, yeah. You know. That's probably Bushwick, which is we don't talk about them. It's Bushwick, New York. Turk. All y'all look alike to me. <laughs> so, what does a New Yorker look like? I know we have the voice, but was it what do we look like? It's it's all just sort of that. Like, no matter what your background or what you actually like, who or what you actually are, you really are just like somebody pissed off in traffic, you know, waiting to get to a Yankees game or to talk about one. Um, who probably thinks that everything was invented in New York with an attitude that probably pisses off everyone else around the country, but somehow you guys have made into normal discourse. 
You know that in 2006, we were named the most polite city in the country. According to yourselves? Yeah. <laughs> Where my study. Here's my study. By yourselves. Actually, I think it was like Harvard that did it. Mm. Yeah, also Yankees, so. Duh. I'm sorry that we keep, uh, yeah, we keep winning. It's... It's amazing what you can do when your team literally just buys half the league. Hey, you hit a home run. He has $20 million. Gee, why are we so good? It must be something natural and special about us. I really think it's the but seeing the Royals beat the Mets for their World Series in 15, God, that was satisfying. Uh, Wait. Which is the Kansas that had slavery? What? What? Isn't that, isn't that part of the fight between like Kansas and Missouri is about you, slavery? You asked which was the Kansas that had slavery. Or, or, the, the Kansas City. Missouri had Missouri. Slavery. Yeah, it was Missouri. Okay. okay. That's where bleeding Kansas. Am I wrong about that? Mm, you are correct. That's the thing. Okay. I remember something from APU's history. Lots of trouble <laughs> on the border. My alma mater, the University of Kansas, literally named its mascot after the pro-abolition uh, militias that existed on the border of Northeast Kansas, who were called the Jayhawkers. Oh, I didn't know that. That's uh-huh. fascinating. Yeah. The, 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 you know, the Crimson and Blue Bird is basically a little mascot that they came up with themselves because, you know, Jayhawk isn't an actual bird. And they made up a lot of fun little mythology around that, and it got turned into the university logo. I remember there was a show called uh, How the States Got Their Shapes, and part of the fight, one of the episodes they did was actually about slavery, and they talked about the whole Kansas City rivalry. Mm-hmm. That's why Oklahoma is shaped the way it is, is because um, Texas didn't want, um, that's why we have our panhandle, is because basically if you had anything above a certain, like, uh, latitude, you were a, that, that area could not have slaves, and Texas said, no, we refuse to have any part of Texas. I think this is going to be really good. Do yeah. it. Anyway, but <laughs> gist of it is, Texas wouldn't take that part, so it got tacked on to, like, Indian Territory, Cherokee Outlet, No Man's Land area, um, and then when we formed the state of Oklahoma, um, we have our little panhandle. So it's basically literally what nobody wanted, bless Cimarron County's heart. Um, and a little piece of it's in mountain time, so. Awkward silence. We're just waiting for you to have some esoteric story about the shape of New York. Yeah. I got nothing. Booyah. You know, we gave some of ourselves up actually with New Hampshire to create in Vermont. So we actually are like generous. You gave up the part that makes syrup. Why, why did you do that? We got other stuff. Like what? We actually do a lot of wine. I mean, we do wine. Like that's just a thing now. Yeah, great, I'm not complaining wine. about that. Literally anyone that wants to go and create more wine, just have at it, but. Okay, apples. We Yeah, we do that too. I had an apple tree in my backyard growing up. 
I'm enjoying this too much. <sighs> Come to the New York State Fair when it finally reopens. You know, you'll see the stuff that we create. It's actually, yes, we actually have state fairs. We have one in Hutchinson, Kansas. You can also go to a giant salt mine and a really awesome space museum that is randomly in the middle of Kansas. Wait a second. You were cutting out. Did you just say that New York's great? Really we're losing your audio, Jacinta. I don't know why this keeps happening. It only happens when I'm on with y'all. Seamus, I tell you to book the actual people we know, not the robot counterparts. Why do you keep doing that? Because robots are fun, or cool. It's like, not the purpose of the podcast. Hey, I, I for one... Up. I for one welcome our robot overlords. Liquor. I mean, God, is Oklahoma going to be any fun anymore now that Carol Baskin is going to be setting up shops down there? Good question. Which I actually have been getting my mom into watching uh, Tiger King. Oh, she's back in. <coughs> so right now, can't hear you. That was connecting to audio. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't. I don't know. I am on so many Zoom meetings, and it never, ever, ever does this except for two times I've been on with y'all. So I don't know. I'm not saying it's not my fault, but I'm just saying statistics would show. I don't think it's my fault. I say that you have a very small sample size. <laughs> I got nothing. So uh, while you were away, we were wondering, is Oklahoma going to be fun now that Carol Baskin's going to be setting up shop? I mean, well, I think we've always been fun, but... Um, I'm very interested to see what will happen with the, uh, with the tiger situation. <laughs> I sure grew up not far from there, so, but I've never been, which was, now obviously I deeply regret that because I could have been in a documentary. Like, I actually have been getting my mom to watch Tiger King and she is mesmerized about how terrible these people are. I mean, that's really the appeal of it. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the point. I actually have not watched it. I'm like the only person that's not. It's, I know. We I talked know about people. it way too much on this podcast. Um, I wonder, since, you know, the last time you were on during our, our food spectacular, talking about living near, is it is it pronounced Winniewood? That's how you said it. I always thought it was yeah, Winniewood. Winniewood. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I figured it might be a little bit, like, triggering for you. I don't know. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's, I mean, so I think we always knew that that guy was not right. Well, he ran for governor. And um, we actually saw uh, his filing paperwork and like, or no, it was like a poll um, that a packed it or something. And you talk about your platform and his platform was like, fix this shit. <laughs> and... <laughs> He gave out, he had like branded um, condoms. He had branded, I don't know, he had a lot of, he had a lot of weird stuff. Um, but yeah, I saw him when he filed to run for governor. So that was exciting. But yeah, no, we always knew that it was weird. Um, because like, there was like tigers that would go missing. And you know, uh, 
he was always blaming it on different people. I know he filed a lawsuit against one of his neighbors and his neighbor had tried to murder his tigers and all these things. Um, but yeah, I think we always knew like he was not right, but I don't think we knew the extent to which he was not right. Um, until the tiger came out. But I don't know that we were all together surprised about the situation. I was surprised though, because you know, his husband died, um, who he allegedly did not murder is what was determined. Um, I don't know, that's beside the point. Um, but I was surprised about that because I could have sworn he was married to a tiger. Listeners, I was taking a sip of water. Because he was a bit of a bigamist. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess he could have been also, I mean, you can't legally be married to a tiger. So. So listeners, I was taking a sip of water as Cinda said that she may thought that he was married to a tiger. I was very close to doing a spit take. I'm just, that, that is an episode that they left out of the documentary and I'm genuinely disappointed because I mean, yeah, it was probably a little bit gross to document but everything else in that show was horrendously fascinating, so why not lean into it? I'm sure it's probably like laws about like showing bestiality on camera. Sure. I, you know, they just want to talk about what the logistics of literally being married to a tiger were. Like, what was the ceremony like? How much of the tiger's family got invited? Uh, who who came up with the prenup in that arrangement? Right. right. What did they serve? What was the what was the attire? Um, it was raw steaks that they got that were left over from uh, Walmart. Duh. And also, like, I think so. Joe Exotics, the GW animal, or the GW exotic animal, and I can't remember exactly what it's called. Um, that's like not the only tiger place that we even have in Oklahoma. So I think I was just surprised that other people were surprised at people just like keeping tigers because we have more than one like of these things we actually had one got hit by a tornado a few years ago and we called it the tiger NATO because during the tornado coverage the newscasters kept breaking in and saying like okay if you're in the total area just be careful if you go outside because there may be one or more tigers unaccounted for and, it's like an FYI type thing. Yeah, just like, you know, there could be a tiger on the loose. There could not be a tiger on the loose. There could be a couple tigers on the loose. Like, who's to say? Um, but also look out for the tornado, but tigers. So It sounds like the like the rough cut of, of like, the fourth part of The Hangover. Yeah. Either that or the Sharknado spinoffs have just really, really lost steam. So they should write. We had like growing up, there was like a zoo near where I lived, and I don't know like the details of how they were licensed or anything. But about once or twice a month, like the sheriff would come around and be like, "So just so you know, there's a loose panther. So if you see it, just give me a call." And that was just like a normal part of my life was like loose panthers. So I didn't know that other people in other states didn't have these problems. Are you going to now tell me that there was a loose panther in Brooklyn? Not that I know of. But... When the panther got loose in Brooklyn, I assume it just went into a coffee shop, got a job as a barista, and has been, you know, inventing new types of lattes. 
No, if the uh, the panther would probably get a job in a bar in Bushwick because Bushwick bars are just hipsters, uh, like central. It's and also it, nothing there phases me. I know someone who relatively known in the Democratic Party. I won't say. But he just like matter of factly, and he lives in Bushwick, Williamsburg area. He's like one time matter of factly told me that he's done bath salts and like didn't even blink an eye. And like with just knowing where he lives, I was like, yeah, it doesn't sh- shock me. He also explained a lot. <sighs> See, I live in the part though that like we are liberal and like thinking, but we also believe that and that like vaccines are good and that kale tends to be kind of gross unless like properly cooked. What you do is you drizzle a bit of oil and put some uh, some sea salt on it and you make chips out of that. Okay, I don't get kale. I don't get kale. It's overrated. There are ways that you can use it appropriately, mostly in moderation. Why it is such like a trend, I don't know. There is nothing that you get out of kale that you do not get out of its way more delicious counterparts, namely collards, mustard greens, turnip greens. Like, I don't... Greens are infinitely Why would you eat kale when you could have any of those other things? I don't seek out kale. It's just like when I see it is part of something or, you know, like when I had a classmate in law school who had a garden and grew too much kale and wanted to dump some off. It's like, hey, do you want it for free? I said, sure. You know, wash it. Like I said, do the thing where you make dried chips out of it or put little bits in a salad. That's fine. There are people that use it in everything and I don't understand what they're trying to prove there. It's wrong. Now, Seamus, you know, we both, uh, Kansas and Oklahoma have their hipster populations. Lord knows I'm 25 minutes away from Lawrence where most of the ones here are but I feel like you're closer to a lot of them. Tell us why. Why am I closer to them or what's the appeal of kale? What's why, why, why do they latch onto it the way they do? Why, why kale? To be ironic because they just like the stuff that like no one else likes. So it's like the same principle as like beer snobs who like IPAs even though they're terrible and there are yes. all like so many kinds of better beers. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I mean- because IPAs are terrible. I'm glad that you agree with me because I think they're nasty. And I don't get why there are so many, like, people, listeners, you don't have to lie to yourself. There are other beers that are easily accessible. So do you know why IPAs exist? Um, because not everyone respects themselves. <laughs> so they were invented, and they're called India Pale Ales because... Um, when the British Empire, you know, was colonizing everybody, um, they were in control of India um, and for a while, and they wanted to have their beer. So in order to preserve it, they filled it with a bunch of um, hops, which is a preservative, um, and also tastes like gross. And then they shipped it because they had to ship it, you know, like from England to India. And so it got really nasty because they had to fill it with so much of the stuff that preserved it. Right. Because like malts 
aren't as preservative as hops are, right? Or malts create more. Anyway, I don't know science. I know the hops are preservative. <laughs> and so they filled it with like tons of hops so they could get it to India. But like now y'all, we got refrigerators, okay? So you don't have to drink that anymore. Like. I, so what we're establishing here, and, and I'm quite fond of the idea of this, is that IPAs are colonialist and therefore should be rejected. Yes, yes. Yes. I have moral high ground. <laughs> <laughs> that is honestly one of the best takeaways I've had from any episode of this podcast. I, I, am, I am genuinely delighted. Wait, more than uh, how Melissa's cat is a CIA agent? I mean, I said one of them. But, you know, I can okay, take okay. this. That, ju that, that just torments Melissa. That's one person. The scope of this is so much larger. Let's see. Do we know anyone that, like, within, like, YDA that is, like, an IPA snob? I'm sure we do. Like, if we put the ask out, um, I have no doubt we would find somebody who loved IPAs in the legion of alcoholics in this organization. It, it's just statistically impossible. That could be our next resolution, like about how IPAs are terrible. I think yeah. we should point out their racist origins and ban them from being consumed at meetings. I am so okay with this. Actually, well, I just worked on a resolution uh, about Black Lives Matter with uh, Christian Hayward, so, you know, need something to do. Yeah, I, I, we, this can be our next project. Mm -hmm. Eh, could be, well, Probably serves a little bit more of a uh, use than renaming a dog. <laughs> They're all impactful in their way. So any word yet about our next meeting or? Um, I mean, not since the rules committee last week, which, you know, which there were a lot of That was four outs. hours long. Yes. Oh. Uh, of which there were a lot of carve outs in that meeting to make sure that the one that was originally going to happen this spring was not impacted. Some of which I think Quentin Ochama wrote to make sure that my wrath was avoided. Um, and by wrath, I mean my constant stream of tears over social media or, and you know, also a couple of bits of language that I had changed just to make sure that my own personal neuroses were satisfied. So when it does happen again, I'm still going to be treating everyone to, you know, actual good barbecue that I assume you out East just don't experience. Um, and that is, th th those are fighting words that I will maintain. Um, when it happens, eh, let's make sure that the human race doesn't die. You know, I'm, I'm just anxious to see what they do with the DNC at this point. So this is probably going to sound like a horribly sacrilegious question. Oh boy. But <laughs> are there any good barbecue places that are in Kansas City that are, they serve like a portobello or something like that? Because I don't eat meat anymore. Okay. But I do miss barbecue. And yeah. Um, some of the larger ones, they'll, they'll have those kinds of options because like, admittedly, I don't like mushrooms. So I just sort of glance over those when they're on them. I don't. Listeners, Jacintha just gave me such a look. That very southern, you know, hand to the chest, lean back, like, oh, I do declare. I am offended. It is, I mean, oh, okay, okay, anyway. I, 
am not looking at a menu right now. I would assume Jack Stack, which is a slightly upper class, like upper scale barbecue place that has a couple of locations uh, on either side of the state line. I assume they do. I don't know. I, Joe's KC probably doesn't because they still present themselves as a little bit of a fast food thing. But I would imagine a lot of them have those options. Or if you go to a steakhouse, they will. That's what I haven't had in a while. It's fast food. That's okay. <laughs> there is like so much better food out there. I know. I'm just saying a fact. So is Kansas City, that's more like about the dry rub, am I right? Is it like a sauce and a dry rub? Or yeah, the sauce is what we're more like known for. Okay. The sauces are pretty rich. Uh, you know, they can be a little bit sweeter than in some places. Uh, you know, they don't do like the white sauce. You don't see quite as much of the vinegar, but th there, there are still places where you can get a good vinegar-based barbecue sauce in Kansas City. Other parts of the Midwest, you'll see that a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the places like Jack Stack, like I mentioned, Joe's, Gates, Arthur Bryant's, those places are legendary for their sauces. I feel like Oklahoma barbecue is like a mix between like Texas and Kansas City. Like we're kind of like, we have a lot of beef, like Texas does, like we definitely do the brisket, but mm -hmm. then we also very like sauce is like a very major component um, for sort of a blend. Yeah, because so that, I mean, that really does get a lot of the influence from the Kansas City style because I mean, obviously up here you get to like Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, there's a lot of beef as well. Um, there's a decent amount of pork, but it's not quite as prevalent as those. Um, you know, if you go up to Iowa, maybe, because like I'm pretty sure pigs are just part of the population up there. So is y'all's more pork based than beef? No, it's still mostly beef based, but okay. you're always going to have pork options. But the beef stuff is almost always better. Okay. Do you Not get that how, how are like how prevalent are burnt ends in Oklahoma? Um, so yeah, we have them. Um, most places I feel like it's there. I don't know that it's, I think it depends on the person and on the barbecue place on like how much people actually eat them. Um, so, one thing that we have in Oklahoma that I didn't realize was kind of regional is we do smoke bologna. I've seen that on menus. I see, I think it's sort of the opposite. Like we have that, you'll get, you'll see that offered, but burnt ends are like a hegemonic force in Kansas City barbecue. Um, and Seamus does not look like he understands anything that we're saying. <laughs> he doesn't know what it is. Burnt <laughs> ends are the, like kind of, if, if you're making a brisket, I mean, it's literally like the point ends of brisket when they get sheared off. Um, okay. Yeah, and those, you'll usually smoke those and so you get like platters with smaller parts and you can just do so much. I mean, you can just make a whole platter, good on sandwiches. Nice off my face though was the smoked bologna. Because I'm not a bologna fan to begin with, but the idea of smoking it, it's like just, yeah. why? Well, okay, it's good. I don't know. Um, so it's not like paces of bologna. Like it's not like Oscar Mayer, like you have a little like mm -hmm. your of bologna. Like they take a whole bologna. And yeah, they smoke it for, I don't know how long, um, but it's just, it's really good. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's an Oklahoma thing. Um, I don't know if that's like a native influence because a lot of native people eat, like that's a big thing is having a smoked bologna. Um, 
but yeah, a lot of our food, like a lot of other Southern food came out of like poverty. So preserved meats are, you know, really they're cheap, but yeah, I don't know. We just have, it's smokeloni is one of our things. Um, but it's good. It doesn't taste like, it's not like, yeah, it doesn't taste like the Oscar Mayer stuff. If you just like have a, had a bologna sandwich, which is like plain cold bologna, it doesn't, it's like, it tastes like it's been like cooked and smoked and it has more flavor. So I recommend it if you eat meat still. So it's one of our regional delicacies. Like tonight I'm doing, I'm uh, doing barbecue chicken. So we have yeah, a lot of, we do chicken and turkey, but we have, I feel like we're a mix of beef and pork. Like we have a lot of beef because especially in Western Oklahoma is big cattle country, but in like the more southeast side, we have a lot more like pork. So we're kind of a weird conversion. My mother doesn't like pork, so oh. it's one of those things I eat usually uh, like when I'm eating out or like nights at my mother's out. So it'll be just my dad and I. She had like a case of food poisoning one time with pork, so I just left like a Pavlovian response. Yeah, that makes sense. That's. Mm -hmm. That's valid. That is how I think both my mother and my brother, at least for a long time, had that response to clam chowder. Bad experience on a vacation. Mm -hmm. Blame it on the, you know, jankety ass little stand or whatever that we all went to to get seafood at. But I don't know. I had something with oysters. I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> It was warmer. I'd probably be eating out because we're now in phase two in New York. So, or where I am, I'm in phase two. So we can now outdoor eating is allowed. Kansas is no longer formally under phases as sort of a game of chicken with a lot of the conservatives in, in state leadership that were trying to undermine our power. Our governor shifted all reopening plans, um, like actual guidelines to the counties. And so Shawnee County, where I live, has actually been smart about it and we're kind of in an early phase two restaurants are technically open but they have to have you know extra distance between tables I've, I've been out to eat all twice and you know i had to feel assured that the restaurants were not very crowded both times granted in even in normal times i don't like it being in crowded spaces but that's just because i'm sane and a recluse i like my spin on it better <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're in a phase. I think maybe we're calling it phase three or phase four, but I don't really know what that means. I assume Kevin Stitt's whole idea is, hey, if everyone literally just waves across an American flag around, the coronavirus will, you know, sink back to Muslim hell or whatever he thinks exists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, I really oh, think so. uh, actually, no, it's the Wuhan coronavirus. So uh, one of the things I've taken up doing in quarantine is hate watching OAN. And so for about 15 minutes last night, just before I couldn't take any more, I was watching whatever like their version of Sean Hannity was. And they went on like some rant against Gavin Newsom. And with the whole coronavirus there's calling it the Wuhan coronavirus and then it was like holding about how white people actually aren't to blame for racism 
you know, it's only some people. It it was, and I thought to myself, I should to apply for a job at OAN as like their token liberal. It'd be such easy money. Just go on there, talk some nonsense for twenty minutes as like a commentator, where I wouldn't even have to break a sweat on on anything. You you and can just, be there, Alan Combs. Yes. And then I leave, you know, I get a sizable paycheck, you know, you know, like something in the four figures or five figures. And four figures easy... to be on TV, come on. Five figures, I, I misspoke. So, you know, at least like $20,000, you know, for a season, some show, where I just do like 20 minutes a week or something like that. I know my asking price, it'd be such easy money. I feel like you could be asking for more. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. My dog. I probably, be- I, I probably could be, but I'm like, that would be like my starting, you know, because I'd be my first job, you know, but it'd be OAN, you know, no one, you know, just an easy side hustle. So I don't see, see a flaw in this plan. I guess other than having to work with those folks. <laughs> I, I just have a studio in my home or something, you know, with a green screen. I wouldn't so, actually have to go in there. See, all I'd have to do is walk into that studio with literally anything, acknowledging the fact that I'm a Jew, and I'm pretty sure most of them would just naturally stay away from me. No, but they love Israel. Oh, yes, we're not anti-Semitic. We believe every shitty thing about you and literally think you have horns. But geopolitics says that you can give us a better chance of having an excuse to kill Muslims. That means we're your friends. Oh, please don't acknowledge that holidays other than Christmas exist. No, see, their whole thing is that they want to help unite Israel. It's this way that when that's when Jesus will come back, and the Christians will be raptured. Oh, all the good Christians will be raptured, mm-hmm. and then basically you're all going to be forced into conversion. We're all going to die in the tribulation, yes. No, you're not going to die. No, You're going to see Jesus as, uh, as the true Messiah, and then you're going to be uh, finally realizing the error of your ways, and you're going to convert to Christianity. That's a belief. understand how stubborn my people are. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think you guys like have an adorably naive idea of just how Jews can be brought to a different point of view? It is literally part of our culture that we argue with each other. There are very renowned religious texts in my faith that are almost entirely different scholars writing in notes contradicting each other. We do this. Yeah, well, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm one of the believers in these things. That's what they think that's gonna happen. They think that you're gonna be forced into in conversion. Well, bless all their hearts. Look at you, picking up some Southernisms. I live in Kansas. We are the crossroads of literally everything. We pick all of that up. Okay. I mean, I was born in New York. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, in Buffalo. It's like basically Canada. It's, yeah. We were very close to Niagara Falls. I know I went there as a small child. I stayed in Niagara Falls for a little while. It was very, very cold. That's the predominant thing that I remember is being very, very cold. 
I think Blizzard is the sort of seasonal thing to them, just the way tornadoes are to us now. Yeah. I had never... Oh, right seen now it's like 90 degrees there. Like, it was snowing like one week and then the next week it was 90 degrees, according to a friend of ours who uh, refuses to come on the podcast. So I won't use his name. He lives in Buffalo. Taz? Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> now I'm going to bleep it. <laughs> Because it makes it more funny. It makes it funny if I bleep it. Everyone, think of one of the Looney Tunes. It's that one. <laughs> it's not Daffy. <laughs> I'm not actually, they didn't. Uh, didn't Looney Tunes like? Didn't they have like add in a disclaimer on uh, HBO Max or whatever about their uh, racist like connotations and stuff? Yeah, no, they've been doing that yeah, because I was listening to something. I missed the beginning of it, but it was something on. Wait, wait, don't tell me a little bit. While yeah, yeah, that's not new. Like in whenever yeah. they release any retrospectives of like really old stuff from you know when they were genuinely using some of it for war propaganda, or when they just thought that literally anything depicting Native Americans had to be red-skinned Indians, whooping and shooting arrows. If they release that for any reason now, they will have disclaimers saying like, "Hey, this was a different time." We have this for historical value, so on and so forth. You know, the, the, the new thing is that they're taking Elmer Fudd's gun away. Yeah. Which, frankly, he was a shitty hunter, so it's not, it's sort of a lateral move. Right. Um. <laughs> now, like, I, isn't the thing also now to, like, get rid of uh, Spa uh, Splash Mountain? Do I now? Yeah, they want to get rid of Splash Mountain also. Because that was actually taken from South. Because that was taken from Song of the South, which. Oh, oh, we're talking about Disney now. Yeah. Okay. I, I that I, was another one. Yeah, I heard about that one, which I can understand the rationale on that, but it's also well, I've never been a fan of roller coasters, so I've never been on Splash Mountain, but like. This makes me wonder. I guess they could possibly retool it, but I'm just trying to think like maybe something out of like um, Little Disney. Mermaid. Yeah, you have the Little Mermaid. They own Marvel. They can say like, "Here's <laughs> Namor's roller coaster experience." I had heard that they were rewriting some of the parts and songs in Peter Pan when they did the live action. I didn't get to see it, but they were supposed to be making that less racist because. Oh my. Um. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to think about like the golden age of Disney. Anything that wasn't really racist in one way or another. Um, Dumbo definitely. Uh, let's see. Probably something in Fantasia. Hey, no. <laughs> uh, maybe Snow White. Them dwarves, I mean, I don't know if you've met just, like, actual fantasy dwarves, but no, that that's them to a T. They're proud of it. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. I guess Cinderella's okay. Unless, like, the mice, like, have an issue. It is my understanding that in actuality, very few foxes have been, like, forest-based uh, populist robbers. And frankly, I'm disappointed by that. Mm -hmm. Wait, when was that in Cinderella? 
I was referring to Robin Hood. Oh. We were just scrolling around things. Okay. Um, well, there's Pocahontas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which so many of my classmates in like elementary school thought that was historical. Yeah. I know like so bad. still like maintain that it's historical. Except that if you also do like just do any research, you'd know that like when John Smith came to the New World as it would have been called then, who could also have been like twelve? Yeah. Oh sh- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, she was. As opposed to, you know, this voluptuous, full-grown woman with lots of agency and, and yeah, understanding like, the world around her, like in the movie. Like, no, no, he was just kind of a child rapist, which I think a lot of them were back in the day. Yeah, yeah. that was totally a thing. Yeah. Um, um, uh, you probably can't do Pinocchio. I'm not sure about, like, anything, can't think of anything racist in that, but it's just way too scary with Pleasure Island. I feel like... I don't know. It's been so long. The only Disney movie I watched was Moana, just over and over and over and over again. Which oh, that that is phenomenal. It's Joseph Campbell to a T. I love Moana, but I can. I mean, you know, we're ever real board in a meeting. I can do a dramatic interpretation of Moana because I have seen it no less than a hundred times. Um, it's the only Disney movie that my kid likes, so that's what we watch. We watched it every day during quarantine, every single day, sometimes twice a day, if I had work to do. <laughs> oh. My particular favorite is probably Lion King, which makes sense uh, because then later on in life I read Hamlet and it's like, oh, okay, now I see where it's from or why I liked it. And then it's also, it's all from John and Tim Rice. You can't really go wrong there. <laughs> So to completely switch gears, now, Jacinta, the last time we had you on here, we were doing our whole, like, cooking in quarantine special, and we had you come and talk about making sourdoughs. I, I mean, you know I started doing that afterwards. Yes. Like I, tell me some interesting things that you've been coming up with for that, because, like, I've been making loaves and pancakes, and I keep <laughs> branching out. By the um, way, those pancakes are awesome. Yeah, so they are. Um, I'm glad to know it's going well. Um, yeah, so I did some, I think I mentioned this before, but I've been doing a lot of dumplings, um, which are really good. I made a cobbler out of sourdough. So basically you do like a sourdough dumpling recipe and like sweeten it a little bit. And then you take whatever like berries or fruit or whatever, cook it down in a cast iron skillet and then put the dumplings or like, yeah, basically the dumplings with the biscuits on top and then bake it in the oven and it's amazing. Um, I did some biscuits. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Since I've gone back to work, I've had less time to sourdough, unfortunately, but yeah. I highly recommend the cobbler, especially since it's summer now and there'll be fresh stuff. Oh yes. I've had this idea of trying to make a pizza dough out of it. Oh, yes. I have done that. It turned out my pizza dough was, like, all right. Um, I think I need to find another recipe, but it's pretty good. 
Um, you can also like make a pizza dough and just like do a like a sourdough flatbread um, and then just put like some herbs and olive oil and stuff like that on there. I've it seems that. like it would be what I would start with. Like it would be easier. Um... I would definitely say if you do the pizza dough, make it a lot thinner than you think it needs to be because mine rose a lot in the oven. Um, and so, I mean, I like a thick crust. It was fine, but it definitely rose more than I anticipated it. Um, so then it takes a little bit more time to cook. And I would pre-bake, pre-make your toppings as well. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely recommend the pizza dough. It's pretty delicious. I'm going to have to, since it's been getting hotter out, um, I don't know, just to not destroy my air conditioning, I haven't been keeping it quite as cool in my house, which means that, you know, my starter proofs a lot more quickly now, which is great. Yep. Yeah, I can turn around a loaf in under a day now because of how hot it is here, um, which is really nice. Haven't had it go quite that quickly. Um, that'd be nice. <laughs> I think it's a little bit hotter here, though, so yeah, it's not that hot today. It's in the 80s today, which is really weird, but. What is it today? It is uh, low 90s here today. Yeah, the worst of our heat wave kind of ended after we got a little bit of that whole giant system uh, that hit like Wisconsin and Illinois. We kind of got the edges of it, brought us a little bit of rain, and it's at least stayed in the low 90s instead of the high the last few days because of that. Well, we had the dust storm that Kansas sent us, so thank you for that. Um, and <laughs> after that, weirdly after the dust storm, it's been cooler, so I don't know. Were you affected by the dust storm? No, no. At least, at least in Northeast Kansas, we didn't really get that. It was, I mean, I don't know. I feel like we've had them before, but I, like I had to run errands at lunch and like it was hazy and I could like feel it like on my car and on my skin when I was outside. And then I had to drive by, I didn't go downtown, but like our, the Devon Tower is our main, like, really tall building. It's, like, our one really tall building in downtown. And, like, you, it, it was, like, it looked like it was fog, um, but it was midday, and it was just, like, dirt in the air, so. You know, this time of year is difficult enough on my allergies. I don't think I would have enjoyed that. Yeah, no, it was, it was rough times. Um, so. Ugh. <laughs> I don't. Now... If you tell us that you're getting dust storms in New York City, I'm going to call you a liar, Shabamis. Right. No, no dust storms. Unless, let me Google it. We have bespoke dust storms made from the finest wood available. We plan for them for months. Artisanal dust. It is. It's actually... Uh, we had one in 1934. Yeah, okay, well... And apparently one in 2017 hit New Jersey. I mean, that that's New Jersey. Which, for them, it'd just probably be them all complaining about their hair. That they have to go get restyled and everything. <laughs> There's the sassiness. The way that you, I think you guys want to talk about New Jersey is the way I like to talk about Missouri. Oh, that's how we talk about Texas. As you should. Yeah, unfortunately. So, like, all of that 
the whole David Patterson character that Fred Armisen did on Saturday Night Live, that's basically how we all think about New Jersey. It's almost an upstate because he also did a little bit of that. Uh, like, how do you know things are always going to get better? You see a sign that you're now leaving New Jersey. Uh, that was that was the easy one. Um, really, one time, like he calls uh, my upstate a bunch of rock eaters. Rock eaters. Yes, that's not what I've heard before. Nope. That's what that's what the, that, that's the character. They just Google David Patterson SNL like Fred Armisen. It'll show up like all all the clips. Have you heard the term rock eaters outside of like SNL? Is, is that a, an actual term you've heard? No, but it makes sense. You know, someone who eats rocks, which I once ate a pebble when I was three. I was fine. <laughs> I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> Certainly a way of getting some like minerals in you so i've heard people say call people like dirt eaters but there actually apparently are people that eat like the red clay in oklahoma because it does have like if you were really poor it had a lot of like minerals in it and stuff and so i don't know i don't think about it like i said i don't know science but there's minerals in there so but i've never heard rock eaters Oh, well, now you have. I feel like that's making fun of somebody because they're poor. That's not very nice. It's not their fault. <laughs> it was more to like call them cavemen, I think. He also like said like what uh like howlers like in the same like thing he was also saying that like there was no one upstate like around and he says, Well, was there one wedding? So every now and then I'll find myself, like, when I see, like, areas that are, like, completely vacant, I'll just say, well, is there one wedding happening? So what is, like, what is defined as upstate? So that is the $64,000 question. It is, depends on who you ask. Is it, like, a thing where it's, like, anywhere (laughs) that the person who's making fun of them is not, like, if you're there, it's not upstate? It's one of those things that just has never been truly defined. So, a lot of people will just do north of Poughkeepsie, which is the last stop on Metro North, which is like the meter rail line heading uh, upstate or heading north as the beginning of upstate and everything north of that. So, that's maybe about two hours north or so from the city. Some people will say like north of Albany. Some people say north of the Bronx, which is like the last part of the city. Some people say north of Westchester, which is the county right after the city line. Um, and then some people will say what's like the North Country, which is basically everything where it's within 60 miles of the Canadian border. So, but does that include Western New York or is Western New York its own thing? That's its own thing. But some people will also call Western New York Northern. Um, for me, like, it's usually, I usually find it better just, like, call things by their regions. So, uh, downstate region would be, like, 
basically New York City and Long Island. That's the Hudson Valley just north. Capital region is the area right around Albany. Central region is the area like around Syracuse. Western is like where Buffalo is. Finger Lakes is just east of like the Western areas and the North country is uh, basically everything like that's about 60 miles or so south of the Canadian border on the Northern tip. That's like the easier way to do it, I find. That makes sense. I just like, I stayed, like I said, I stayed in Niagara Falls area for like a little while and I was always confused. I was like, am I upstate? Am I not? Is this like, what, <laughs> like, where am I? What is this called? Um, but it was also December, so I really didn't care because I was cold. Yeah, we get a lot of cold. Because we hate her. Maybe that's part of our sassiness and why we think we're better than everyone because we've just endured so much. There's uh, some, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's basically like the John Stewart of Egypt and he had to actually flee uh, because basically his life was in danger for insulting the government. And there's I'll go to an, uh, I went to a taping of Stay Tuned with Preet with him. And it was actually a double date between my best friend, her boyfriend, and a girl I was seeing at the time. And so when we go to this thing, it was, the question was raised, why are you living in LA as opposed to New York? And he basically said that New York is like living in a city where your girlfriend gives, I'm going to be a little bit mature here, great fellatio, but only two times a year or two weeks a year. And it was a very awkward thing because the girl and I had only started seeing each other for like two weeks. <laughs> so. And the side eye began. Mm-hmm. Didn't last too much longer after that. I was going to ask, how did, how did that end? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what the guy was going to say. And then he changed his, uh, his you know, Match.com profile to, you know, select people in L.A. <laughs> well, that'd be one way to uh, get to a date, you know, for commuting. I'm going to go through. I am uh, so glad I got married before, like, dating apps because... I don't even know that I could have done up. <laughs> they're 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 awkward and unnecessary. And I don't know how to properly maintain a conversation on one of those. I would never be able to. I would never. I think yeah. They're hit or miss like with the people you get matched with. Yeah. I've been texting on and off with someone for about the past month now. And, you know, that I met on dating app, it's going okay. Well, I would imagine it would be difficult also, you know, what with the pandemic that's on and everything. We've we've had Zoom dates, or one Zoom date, and one night to be rescheduled. It is what it is. All right. Well, it is noon, and our tornado siren test is starting. So y'all will be able to hear that, so I should probably jump off of here. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, if the tornadoes are going off, you know, get safety and... It's not a tornado. We just test it every Saturday at noon. We have them uh, on Mondays here. Oh, yeah. 
See, Seamus, in some places, tornadoes are so prevalent that they need to make sure that the sirens are still in proper working order on a weekly basis. So we just set our watch to it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, noon on Saturday. <laughs> well, even so. Uh, okay, so it's been a pleasure pl- potting with y'all. Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure to join you. Thank you for inviting yeah. me. Yeah. Our theme music is produced by Alexander Nakamura. I've been Seamus Campbell. I've been Ben Cohen. And we've been joined by Jacinda Webster. Thanks, everyone. Stay safe.